Welcome to this next episode of Clinically Pressed. In this one, we are following up with Kat Soper of Palm and Pine Yoga here in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Uh, we interviewed Kat quite a while ago and talked about Palm and Pine. At that time, they were doing a lot of retreats, some yoga, working out of Studio 16, and a lot has changed since then. Uh, they now have their own um, studio space, potentially looking to expand. Uh, they're doing all kinds of great things with education and moving forward with that, which we're really looking forward to probably having a part three when it comes to developing a whole curriculum around yoga and we get into that and how expansive and daunting that could be. Plus, cat added to the family, so a lot has happened. It was great to sit down, literally, uh, even though I personally can't crisscross my legs, which makes things a little interesting. But uh, it was a great conversation. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And be sure to keep checking out our injury series that we've been releasing. We're on week three of ten. So we're going to keep moving our way right up the chain of the body. And if you catch this one on its release date, you should look for uh, medial tibial stress syndrome or shin splints coming out soon. Have a good one, everyone. You'll do great. <laughs> I get super awkward with recording things like this, and then they interviewed me for the news a few weeks ago, and I was I like, thought you did a really good job on that. Thank you. Yeah. I gave the same one. I'm like, I get awkward, so please just make me look cool, and they did a good job. <laughs> nice. They like, cut it short. <laughs> cool. Well, we're sitting here with Kat Soper at Palm and Pine Yoga. Hey. Thanks, which, Kat. Which wasn't a place the last time we talked to her. No. Not a physical place. No. Just a place in my heart, and now it manifested with <laughs> a lot go. of trees. It's a pretty sweet place, though. I think you've done a very nice job. Thank you very yeah. much. I am into it. I can't take much credit for the plants, though. I fortunately have a team that ensure that they stay alive, <laughs> which is, is a good awesome. message when sending people <laughs> here live plants. So there you go. For sure. Hey. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good idea because I've always kind of wondered about that. Cause it's nice to have uh, like the life and it, I think it adds a little bit to, to a place, but totally. I, I tend to kill plants myself. So <laughs> for real, <laughs> well, you have your children alive. So that's like yeah. the main thing. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on that myself. I have like a few hardy ones, like, um, uh, the green ones right there. Those are pretty easy. Like okay. If you're going to adopt a plant, I would recommend that one. <laughs> I've managed to keep that alive in my house. Good deal. It's good yes. to know. Orchids are really hard. But I digress. <laughs> Anyways. So what's new? You got uh, a few things on the hopper coming up, and uh, one of them includes uh, teacher training. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So it's very exciting. So what does that all entail? Um, so teacher training. Um, basically, it's an opportunity to learn more about the um, teachings of yoga. And if you choose to share that at the end by teaching it, great if not great um so it's six months and we dive into 
a lot of different topics since yoga is this vast body of um, knowledge. I've tried to create a curriculum that is um, somewhere in the middle. Like my original training was very much on like the physical end and more of like a fitness approach to yoga, which is great. And then my current one is definitely more into spirituality and the meditation component of the practice, which is also great. And so I tried to create something that was more in the middle. And I'm really excited about it. It's um, myself and then a few other individuals in the community. We have a doctor, doctor, I think that's really cool, um, <laughs> Jill, who is doctor of PT. So she's going to be talking about um, modern imbalances in the body and then how we can use yoga to essentially have like a physical therapy on the mat um, and knowing what imbalance looks like and then how to create um, healthy movement patterns and understanding that because the practice obviously has been around for a very long time and our bodies look very different and we have a different way of living so how can we take this ancient practice and then adopt it to modern day bodies so i'm really excited for that um jill's phenomenal she's the most enthusiastic human being i've ever met so (laughs) i'm stoked to have her be a part of it And then also um, we have Tom Roberts, who's going to be teaching about meditation. Um, He has been a physical therapist for over 40 years, wrote a book on mindfulness. So that will also be a component of the training. And then Sarah Wooden, who um, is stellar at yoga for um, adapting it for all body types and making it accessible, even if you're hurt or in or I guess hurt and injured, that's redundant. Um, but if it's... Depends on who you ask. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. Could be different. Um, yeah. So she's going to be a part of that. Uh, anatomy is definitely more her skill set than mine. So I'm really excited. I think we have a diverse offering, different perspectives, which I think is important when you're learning. Um, I've used the example that it it wouldn't be... A, you wouldn't go to college and learn from one professor the whole time. Like it's important right. to learn yeah. from different people. So we're almost full, which is exciting too. That there is exciting. Go. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. So that starts in October. Cool. So yeah. what uh, percentage would you say of the individuals taking the teacher training are going to actually apply that or do they not really know yet either? To, yeah. As opposed to like somebody that's just taking it for their own practice or for their own self-benefit, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's like 50-50 right now with people saying that they're going into it because they want to teach and then people going into it just because they want to deepen their practice and they're curious about learning more about yoga. My own experience um, is that people will say that they're not going to teach because it feels safe. And then once they get into it, they're like, oh, well, I know all these things. So mm-hmm. I may as well teach it. Sure. <laughs> so hopefully I think um, that's what I get excited about is being able to teach people that are teaching others like only helps widen the range of people learning about yoga so yeah absolutely and i could see somebody taking it too with the thought of i'm not going to teach but then once they have it yeah they're like this is amazing i want to share with this or something yeah or if someone asks like hey since you can would you and then find out they love it or something yes this is true and there's definitely like a growing need and ask for it in the area so so how did you go about even, like, developing that? Because we just, Kyle had mentioned earlier when we were just chatting, we were at this Hold the Standard Summit and mm-hmm. got talking a lot about, like, developing, you know, different niches and courses within all these different things. And it can be, like, overwhelming. 
I can only imagine. I hear it, you know, you hear it with like book writing, like it's the best and the worst thing you could ever do to yourself. And so looking at something like that, like, did you just kind of take the two and picked what you liked and go from there? Yeah. Um, I'm like continuing to refine this curriculum like every day, (laughs) which is great and probably a problem at the same time. I can understand that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, so I taught, I was part of a faculty, um, for the USR Minneapolis about a year and a half when we did this last time. Mm -hmm. And so I learned a lot of things there and I pulled some stuff, um, from that curriculum, but like, we were talking about earlier, pulled stuff from my other trainings. And so it's been a mishmash um, of things and identifying, you know, what were the things that were missing from my training that I wish I had had? And what were the things that I've just learned over time that weren't a result of my training, but just like things I've picked up from various teachers. Um, And so try to do that. And then also honoring that the other faculty members, like trusting that they're the they're the person that's going to be sharing in that topic. So I've kind of allowed them to choose to what they want to talk about. Um, I shouldn't say allowed, encourage them mm-hmm. to, right? We're all on the same yeah, playing yeah. field. Um, and so, and then Yoga Alliance, which is a certifying body for yoga right now. Okay. Um, and they recently had a changeover in leadership. Um, and ho- there's been, I guess, like frustration within the yoga community of like not having high enough standards. Um, and so they have a whole new leadership team. And so that is something that they're working on. So I'll be curious to see how that works out. But anyways, you have to send something into them, your curriculum that okay. meets certain criteria or topics that you have and have so many hours within each topic. And so that was a nice framework to work with. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then, um, did that, got approved, paid the money. Yes. And then... Um, which at the time was like super annoying, but now I'm grateful. Yeah. <laughs> I got an email from the state of Wisconsin and was like, oh, we see that you got approved for Yoga Alliance. Um, you now have to apply to be a vocational school. Great. They want their piece of the pie. Exactly. Who so doesn't? at first I was like, okay, so basically I'm paying $2,000 and then whatever happens. Um, however, again, shifting my attitude, I was like, okay, this is a good thing because I've had to put together a catalog that goes through all the details that I probably would have put on the back burner otherwise, mm-hmm. as far as like thinking through like, what if someone's not able to come to class? Like, how are they going to make things up? Right. And, um, just, yeah, things that I definitely know myself would have put on the back burner. So it's good. Yeah. So it's good. So, um, between those two things that has helped craft, uh, curriculum and um the standards for the school that i am excited about um yeah we'll see this is the first one and my my view is that everything's an experiment so hopefully it just continues to get better with each round that we do it sure yeah we're keeping it small this first round only 15 students because i think it's important to have more like hands-on learning oh definitely things so yeah sweet so that'll be right here then it'll be here um for the most part and then um, there will be a community class component of it because you're going into teach. It's important to actually teach live humans. So mm-hmm. we're going to have some free classes to the community. So you're both invited to that. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah. what do you, and in your opinion, with all those aspects that you said play a role? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So you get all these like, different components and both the physical non-physical and everything so yeah. what's the hardest part 
about teaching. And I, I can envision like there's going to be multiple things and that's going to vary depending on maybe class to class or what you're even trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. But overall, what would you say as a teacher? That's a good question. I would say, it's just funny that you guys mentioned that earlier, um, distilling things down. Because sometimes yoga topics can be very grandiose and cover a lot of different things that are sometimes hard to articulate. Um, And so distilling that down into language that every person can understand. Um, The other thing that I think is tricky, and that's the fact that yoga, there's different avenues that you can take it, um, but the fact that it incorporates the physical body, anatomy, and then also the mind and understanding the workings of that and the nervous system. And then I believe it's really important to talk about the spiritual aspect of yoga as well. And so each one of those categories are like massive in and of themselves. And so being able to be a source of knowledge for for each one of those, it's a lot. So I've tried to continue to just be humble and um, keep a learner's mind and say I'm definitely not an expert this is just what I've learned from experience Um, the other big thing and I'm sure you guys can talk about this too is um, practicing what you preach and that the best way to share these teachings is to embody it which means that I have to get my ass class (laughs) and so amongst everything that I have going on just making sure that I'm always a student and practicing is important and sometimes that can go to the wayside but yeah that answer it it does yeah it's a complex question complex answer yeah and i mean yoga is so simple and so complex at the same time <laughs> just like humans so simple so complex at the same time yeah it's sometimes hard to remember it's like you do it every day you do your thing every day like you know the stuff you're doing but you gotta go in with a blank slate on everybody else because you don't know what they know and they don't know what they know or don't know and whatnot and like you said distilling it down where it may seem like Oh, well, they get this. Like, we've run into athletes, like, strain a hamstring. Oh, I stretch for an hour tonight. Seems like that would be common sense that if you hurt a muscle like that, you probably wouldn't keep stretching it out for the next hour, but they don't know that because that's not common sense to them. And so I can imagine with all the planes you got to teach on. Right, there's a lot of planes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I mean, too, within yoga, and again, I love conversation, more dialogue about what you guys experience is that there's um, just so many different perspectives Mm -hmm. as to there's like the yoga purists that are like, it has to be done this way because it has been for like thousands of years. Right. And then there's the people that have the approach of like, nope, it's strictly a physical, like you have to like alignment is the main focus. Um, There's just. Yeah, um, and I find myself, like, I'll learn something and be like, yes, this is amazing. I'm going to adapt this in my class. And then two weeks later, I'll learn something different. I'll be like, so that thing that I told you. <laughs> right. just, you know, as information comes out and as you're introduced to new perspectives and new information and new teachers, like, it's just always continually shifting. I can appreciate that, and I think most yeah, people that's can. That's interesting. We've talked as about a, that a bunch yeah, just on so many levels. That. I mean, even in my practice – I tell patients the same thing is like, well, I'm going to tell you the best that I know right now. Right. And I, I'm continuously trying to learn more, but 
in a year or five, I'll maybe tell you something different. And eventually I'm probably going to, but as of right now, this is the best thing that I know. So yeah, that's cool. And I think most people can appreciate that, that you're continually trying to learn and take that at different aspects instead of having this tunnel vision and saying, no, this is the way and just being, you know, blinders on to everything else. Yeah. I mean, prove yourself wrong. Right. Like we've talked about figuring out, is this the best way? And we're going to use the best way until it's proven otherwise. And that might take little bits and pieces from everything. Yeah. Um, one of my teachers right now has a really good line about that. She's like, you have to be the scientist and the lab rat. So you have to do like the experiments and practice on yourself to see what happens. Mm -hmm. And then also like be objective and being curious about like, okay, what was the result on me and trying different things and being in it, but then also like detach from it, if that makes sense. Yep. It makes complete sense. Yeah. I think some of my best learning has done has been done on like trying things out myself or how to, how does this feel in terms of yoga or exercise or mobility or for that matter injuries yeah. you know like they teach you in school about this injury and then I would treat it like a certain way and then I'd have it and it's like oh that's what that feels like right and like what works for me to help and then to apply that so yeah I think that ties yeah. in <laughs> yeah that's such a great point like how else would you appreciate your injuries? Like, I mean, I didn't used to appreciate my injuries, but now I'm like, oh, now I know because I've experienced that, like not to twist this way or even like being pregnant was like such a huge eye opener for me as to teaching to different body types. Huge eye opening experience for me. Yeah, that's a great point of like using those situations in your own practice to like widen your lens as to how to treat different bodies. Yeah. Mm. I would see that being one of uh, the more difficult areas of treating, like not treating, but in your instance, teaching the different body types uh, through practice, because even within one class, you probably have a huge degree of variance between body type to body type, even age levels and mobility levels, experience, body awareness. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Jill had some great term for that, um, but I won't check. Motor moron? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's true, and I was probably one of them for a very long time. Um, yeah, that can be challenging in class um, to have the different body types um, and different levels and all of that. I mean, that's one reason I appreciate the size of our studio is it's not like over well mainly huge so people do get I think more personalized attention because I'm able to like see based on the class sizes um I mean you do what you can in each situation in a in a class setting I'm sure you can speak to this too Joel (laughs) is like you throw a few things out based on what you see and you hope it lands and um sometimes you have to say things in different ways because you can see that it wasn't landing um so expanding vocabulary has been something been also working on as a teacher um but also the reminder just like for everyone is like you do what you can and I'm a big believer that you know there is no like um, and goal pose, there's just always more and not attaching judgment of like good or bad. Like everyone is working with something different on their mat that day and at various stage today. Um, so I really encourage people to personalize their practice based on what they're feeling that day. And 
so I think that kind of takes away from like I have to look like that person and I have to be doing that and encourages them to focus inwards versus outwards mm-hmm. easier said than done easier said than done but I think uh, segue into you talked about yoga on and off the mat I think if people could apply that more, I know for myself, if I could apply that more into the day-to-day things of like focusing inward more than outward. And I know you've talked about that too, of like extreme ownership, you know, uh, <laughs> it's basically always your fault. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's you can't blame anybody else. It's always your fault. It can trace back around. God, ignorance is bliss sometimes. <laughs> right. So how do you, uh, you threw that topic out. How do you, I guess implement that or what are your recommendations for the the on the mat versus off the mat in the application yeah i mean that's why i get so excited enthusiastic yoga is that you know our opportunity in this hour-long class is to cultivate qualities um and to explore different qualities that then translate off the mat like for example focus obviously that is a transferable skill set and if you can learn how to focus here, then you can take that off the mat. Like you're, it's just like strengthening anything. Um, and you know, our same patterns of the mind is the biggest thing. So yoga is basically the physical practices used to get into the mind. It's mainly about the mind. And so if you have thought patterns here that you're experiencing, you can work with it within this space so that you have the opportunity to like rewire or unwire in um, a safe space that you know even if it's just like stepping outside of that thought pattern for a few seconds that makes a difference and if you continue to come back to that and practice it and practice it it gets easier and easier off the mat 100% say that Um, like discipline huge transferable quality the discipline to be present to focus on breath to care about quality of movement rather than just like flailing your body around in a bunch of shapes definitely a transferable skill set huge i would never use the word my husband would definitely also never use the word discipline to describe me (laughs) a few years ago but i'm getting there i'm working on it um there's just so much that you can learn here on the mat in a safe space where it's just you your body your breath that you can then come back to you know it's imprinting in your mind and your body and everything this is how it feels to be present this is how it feels to not be present but continuing to come back to that place so that you can know what it feels like off the mat and learning why i could go on but i won't It's a good description, though. I, I get so excited. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just think yoga continues to shape my life in incredible ways. The more that I explore the practice that I just want to share with anyone who is willing to listen. That's great, though. I think a teacher should be that way. I mean, I don't think it's probably very fun to go to a teacher that's just like, oh, I got to be here, you know, that doesn't want to be there. So I'm going to put your poses up on the wall. Start just work your way yeah. through these, and when yeah. you're done. Good luck. Yes. Leave your mat at the door. <laughs> and if they're only here for an hour, I mean, they're out there for 23 hours if they're yes. even doing it every day. So, I mean, they're it's it's great to have it here, I'm sure. But the application out in the real world, that's where people are spending most of their time. For sure. And from like a physical standpoint, like if you can learn to pay attention to how you're moving your body here, like creating an alignment with your ankle, your knee, your hip you can apply that as you're moving in and out of your car as you're walking. Like I used to have serious knee issue on this side, but then I started like 
being more aware of how I was placing my feet down in class and then it transferred off the mat. So now while I'm walking, I'm just like, forced to be reckoned with. Look out. Yes, or I'm just really <laughs> slow at walking because oh. <laughs> I'm ensuring that my feet are steady. That's and fair. Not pronating or it makes a huge thing. difference though. Yeah, it really does. Um Mel Hempel talked about um she was a former regionals athlete for in the CrossFit game. Just a, a former um D one athlete for Respect. pole vault and stuff, like just a um amazing person, but just a great athlete. And she said she started um, paying more attention to her feet and the support and just how big of a difference she said that was a just a game changer and how it added a lot of weight to her squat just by making that simple change and it is like wow that's pretty cool because she obviously has you know uh, ground to stand on no pun intended but <laughs> you know having that experience and everything so yes and I'll go back to what you were talking about earlier with like you know di- or what we were talking about with different teachers because I have teachers that talk about like your feet are your foundation for the rest of your body. And so that is where you got to start all the cueing and your focus. But then I also have teachers that talk about the spine has to be where you draw attention to first. So it's just kind of different. I can't ever, I go back and forth for like knee stuff. Is it the hips down or the feet up? What's your verdict right now? I go, I start at the hips. Just because I think you can create so much more control through that that can transfer all the mm. way down to your feet. And if you're going to try and work feet up, you can. But I think you get more bang for your buck to start out with your hips. Because if you can externally rotate your hips and get them to come back, you can actually feel it like screw all the way down to your foot and have your arch raise up. Mm-hmm. And so if you can start there, you can get in the process, and then it all comes back around to you should probably do them both at the same time anyway. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's the easy cop-out answer, but the ones that's that I love to live by. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, you sense, like, integration here first mm-hmm. and then transfers down all up. And you have larger muscle groups up there, too. So That I was kind of my other thought, too. Yeah, you, you just can make get more larger out of it. Changes. And then you can go and work on the interns, like, really working it and all those foot muscles to go again. But if your knees are just caving in, like, sure, we could put arch supports in and falsely do it or mechanically do it or we could get your glutes to actually work for you and there mm-hmm. we go boom okay Solved. i'm gonna experiment with that next time on the mat i can see the argument of the foot obviously too and i'm right you know, and that's what with, i go back and forth on it like it always depends and i guess it's mm-hmm. to like what degree what all well, maybe the intention to like what you're working with mm-hmm. yeah and I don't think you can, like you said, screwing the hips down, I don't think you can affect one without affecting the other either. Right. It's all kind of obviously all connected in the spine too. Yes. Yes. Of course well. the chiropractor would say this, but I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> totally joking. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, I'll add on to that too. One of my teachers has... Um, like a thing going on with her eye and um prior to we would just be like oh it's just like an eye thing but the more that 
you start to understand how everything is connected and the mind, the emotions and everything. And now she's like, okay, so what does this mean? What do I need to purge out? Right. In addition to the actual like physical formation of this thing. So we're just talking about like ignorance is bliss sometimes. About the body is things. too damn complicated. Oh, so I simple know, and I so know. damn complicated. Yes. So back and forth on it. I had an athlete that was having terrible plantar fascia stuff, couldn't run, feel good with a couple of days off and go back and it would hurt. So our coach at the time ships her off to like Portland to see this guru guy. And so he's working, trying all this stuff. It ended up not really making a big difference, but was like, well, there's also probably something wrong with your gallbladder because he's a reflexologist. So where her pain was on her foot, based on those mappings, is where the gallbladder would be. And it's just like, I I don't know that I can, you know, in a 20-year-old, 19-year-old, otherwise healthy female, she's got gallbladder issues. Unfortunately, I didn't get to explore it with mm-hmm. our doc. He didn't. He didn't go yeah, down. He, he didn't. He didn't bite for that. But it would have been fun to. You know, whatever labs or whatever imaging we had done, it would have been kind of interesting to see, but oh well. I would love to see that. Yeah. It'd be fun to be able to have the means to go and be like, almost like try and like test those out a little bit. Plantar fascia pain, all right, could be this based on the reflexology. What are we got to do to figure out? Well, you got a bladder, either looks like hell or it's perfect. Okay, so what does that mean? Is it really just that the Uh tissue was beat up and needed a break i don't know Mm. oh the experiments we could run with an infinite budget (laughs) that would be great i started to see a chinese medicine doctor nice um so part of my yoga training right now is ayurveda which is a sister science of yoga and learning how to um use herbs and foods as medicine yeah okay you guys familiar Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it I read but some, like, familiar, yeah, healing so. book that had, like, the common, all the common, like, things, and it had, like, that and a bunch of other different, like, what their ways of correcting it would be that weren't, like, modern medicine. It was okay. kind of interesting. Hmm. It's it like 101-something or other common okay. ailments to fix with multiple things, but that was definitely part of it. Totally. <laughs> My husband's, like, super skeptical of this, so it's, like, <laughs> funny. Um... So I started seeing this Chinese medicine doctor because I'm just curious about it. And so I have psoriasis and it came out a lot over after postpartum. And I've seen her about three times. And this last time I was about ready to break up with her because I just like wasn't agreeing with certain things. And um, but then she um, she was like, OK, so in Chinese medicine, the the theory is that the emotions actually have more to do with what's happening than your physical body. And she's like, I'm pretty good at reading people. Like, did something happen to you where you had to take on a lot of responsibility? And I was like, well, I did just tell you I have a child. So <laughs> yeah, right. And she's like, no, when you were younger. And then we started to like go down this path and like it was spot on. And so it just, at least if nothing else, like got me very curious about like, work with my dad and other stuff that I thought I had released but she was like well if it wasn't there I wouldn't have been able to read that on you and I was like valid wow wow dang I thought it was interesting and nothing else I mean like I think it's good to have a healthy bit of skepticism oh, with anything sure. but um just again acknowledging <laughs> the interconnectedness of who we are 
it's hard to ignore when they hit the nail on the head, though. Like, if she's it was spot on with it, like you said, right. how do you ignore? Some you of those are tough because, like, the questions, if you've ever, just because I'm a complete nerd, I've read, like, cold reading books, like, how you can, like, cold read people. And it's, like, how you ask the question because everybody's got something that they harbor. And so if you can just, like, pick up on the cues, it's like what psychics do. And they just are able not to say that you went through there something like that, come into it. Okay. but it's just, it's very, it's like, it's a whole like science and things behind it where you can ask certain things like something traumatic happened to you when you were younger. Well, yeah, something traumatic right. happened to all of us when we were younger, whether it's, you know, whether it's you consider it, right, right, yeah. whether you yeah. consider it traumatic or I don't. And then you're like, well, yeah, this thing with, and then you'll say, you know, oh, and then they, and they take these cues. So I'm always kind of curious about that. Like kind of kind of like counseling or something not that i've ever been so i can't really comment on it but they just are able to kind of pick away and if you don't offer a ton to them like specifics can they actually figure it out or are they just shooting and hoping for the best i mean even always just curious about that which i'd be the worst counseling patient ever i'd be like i'm not giving you anything stone cold (laughs) opening next month joel's (laughs) psychic services (laughs) (laughs) that wouldn't be good for anybody (laughs) picture like a lot of jewels Um, yeah (laughs) i don't know i think it's kind of like the placebo fact that even if they are doing that if it gets you like thinking about things that you kind of repress for sure that there is definitely a benefit to it but then also going back to ignorance is bliss because like me 10 years ago i'd be like oh i just gotta put some topical stuff on my skin and then now i'm like okay what deep things do i need to let go about my dad still that's holding on and Mm -hmm. like blah 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 yeah so just because you can't fun. feel it or see it, though, you know, it doesn't mean that it's not there. So, I yeah. mean, mm. on her behalf, it, I, I think there it's been around for a while, so there's obviously... Oh, yeah, there's definitely a reason traction. that yeah. it's still practiced today, so... Yes. And there's definitely something to be said for that. Yes. Have you heard about... Okay, so going more into this land, have you heard of the medical medium? The medical medium? Uh, no. I am just like very intrigued by this individual. So he sold like millions of books, national bestseller, and he's a medium that addresses medical things. Okay. I would love for you to meet him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no doubt. That sounds really interesting. Um, yeah. And like some people, he, he doesn't have like scientific research. Right. But yet there's like all these people that have followed what he has said and like it had a lot to do with like thyroid healing and like psoriasis is kind of a mystery mm-hmm. um illness if you will so he like knows things about these that the medical industry doesn't know interesting yes so i, I listened to one of his podcasts and like intrigued about some of the things that sounds the bikram one we were talking about before we started on the 30 for 30 like i'll heal your organs and heal all this if you give me two months and like the power of thought like does he just convince you that you can do it and your body just rewires itself and gets it done yes exactly yeah see that yeah yeah the part medical medium oh boy that sounds interesting it does i'm gonna have to check it out uh, because it would be hard to really study that scientifically like how would you i'm sure yeah it'd be hard to control i guess i don't know yeah I mean, I was 
looking into it because a lot of my teachers have talked about it but then I got all sorts of frustrated because this is why I was going to originally break up with my Chinese medicine doctor (laughs) because she had recommended and I had looked into it too a keto diet um so high fat to reduce inflammation but um it impacted me because I'm still breastfeeding but then when I was looking at the medical medium he recommended the opposite of a low fat diet Mm. And one of my teachers actually has psoriasis too, and she's the one that mentioned the medical medium and right. how it worked. And so I was like, "What the fuck?" Like yeah, too conflicting information. Yes, so like that's the one, right? Right. Uh, uh, and we talked dietary, about that a lot too, and I always come back to it is, but it's what works for you. Yes. Like you, I, the blanket different. statements without the caveat. Well, it still depends on the person because Everyone's taking out other factors. Different. What if you did go keto and it cured or helped very much improve? you know psoriasis mm. well then do you go on and say this is it this is how you fix it even though the other person's saying well no it didn't work for me at all like that's why i did it this way mm. it's too it, that i think the only way it's ever going to get figured out is when the genetic side of it gets completely huge which if and when that'll ever happen i don't know but like they've already started it with the nutrigenomic stuff mm-hmm. where you can actually see like how you respond to different foods and different types of things and whatnot and you can send all that in it's that i think that's the only way science is going to sit there and be able to say like you'll survive you'll thrive on Mm -hmm. the eat right for your blood type diet and you'll thrive on keto and i can eat (coughs) pizza and drink beer and be totally fine which isn't true but that'd be you know one of those things and I, I think that's the only way science is going to get it when it becomes that personalized the more information that comes out the more information that comes out that we don't know, though, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it gets tricky. I'm reading a book right now by Ben Lynch, Dr. Ben Lynch, and it's on genetics. And so he, like the MTHFR gene, are you familiar with? Heard it. Um, so basically he said you can either be born, what he calls it dirty genes, is the name of the book is dirty genes. Okay. So you can be born with a gene that acts dirty, or, and you can still do things to like clean that up. Okay, so it, and it can change. So basically, gene expression, like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said you can also have be born with a clean gene, but then like dirty it up yourself. So whether your nutrition or lifestyle or stress and all that stuff affects it. What is that called? Epigenetics. Right? Yes. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've listened to one. They're like, uh, basically, we're all screwed because your epigenetics come back from like the two generations before you, like preceding you. So if they screwed up like and we're like hard on themselves like you're almost shit out of luck thanks grandpa which is kind of what it sounds like it it was only one guy but it was really kind of interesting it's like oh yeah that's great that you could have control of it but you're only going to affect your grandchildren Mm -hmm. and that's assuming that your kids don't go off the rails (laughs) yeah yeah it's very interesting so that's a power of yoga yes (laughs) coming back full full circle. circle yeah is like the ability to consciously rewire things and yeah. change thought patterns so that you don't pass on certain ways of operating to your kids. Actually, so my Chinese medicine doctor again was talking about how the kidney is like the essence of everything in Chinese medicine and that um, according to Chinese medicine, when you are conceived, like every mental, emotional state of both parents are what get imprinted into you. I was like, wow. 
Dang. That sucks. That's <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But I, I'm like, I'm glad that I had done the work that I did when mm. I had my kid. But that's hilarious. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I've talked to mothers that have said that that reflects their children, though. That is like, whatever. The first child was conceived unknowingly, you know, at this like college party, like drunken, wild sex, and all this stuff. And the kid comes out like shot out of a can, you know, basically. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, like reflected the other children where it was more of a romantic, uh, candlelit setting, and it's more of like a just subdued child and stuff. And I don't know whether there's I'm something to it or not. It is hilarious. I'll take detailed notes when we decide <laughs> yeah. to start our family, and we'll see how they how come out. How do we out. want this kid to be? Right. Well, no, we're going to try for the cool and calm <laughs> one is right. definitely what we're going to try for. Netflix and Barry Manilow. Yeah. yeah, right. I know. There seemed to be a consistent theme where like people would say, the ones I've talked to, that oldest was easiest. And then when they had their second kid, it was like totally different. I'm like, okay, that makes sense because you didn't have a child the first right. one. And then the second time, did a little bit crazy. Interesting. <laughs> but again, yoga. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My kid's pretty chill. That's right good. Now. That's good. Right, right now. now. We'll yeah. see. He's the also seven months old. The so. terrible twos and yeah. all that stuff when it comes Don't up. Don't say it, Joel. <laughs> Part of mine. Yeah. I keep saying he's very considerate. He has been since day one. He came out the exact day I wanted him to. Had a great doula that also helped with that. Uh, yeah, he's a considerate kid. I don't know if I the doula can help when they come out, though. Give it to them. I, I, okay, so reflecting back on it, again, I think power of the mind because I think for a while I was just kind of like knew where the baby had to come out, but I was kind of like, mm. eh, we'll deal with that when that happens. <laughs> but like with Luke and Erica, like being like, okay, now is the time. Like he came out like 45 minutes later. Wow. And prior to that, it was it was like 20 hours or something like that. So I think doula can help with that. I, I think it can help. I think she could help or a doula can not yes. just being she, but uh, can certainly help. Like you said, um, she's talking like the relaxation cause she's told me stories too about mothers where there is a lot of stress or something going on. And then, you know, in their life and they're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally, once they're able to let go or this significant event happens and yeah, it, it's crazy. Like you said, the power of the mind, it's, it's pretty yeah. nuts. I was too relaxed. Were like you? I just had the yoga music on, chilling, <laughs> and then I was like, "Okay, I need to get this baby out." And we turned on Justin Bieber and like Kid Cudi, and then yeah, like <laughs> five minutes Cuddy, later, right. came out. Curious to see if notes, that comes back notes and to reflects self. in your child's life right. later. Yeah. God, I really like this cool beat. Kid. What is that? <laughs> he really well. likes music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Bieber baby. Oh, jeez. He's cool. cuter than Bieber. <laughs> Is he? I think so. But I'm I wouldn't. I, yeah, I believe it. Yes. What else? Anything else? Yeah, you want to get into a couple questions, maybe? Sure. Sounds good. So, do you have any other book recommendations? I'm sure you do because you seem like you're a pretty avid reader. I know we talked about a couple last time, and I, without looking back, I don't remember. But anything you've read recently that you would recommend? Mm-hmm. Um, such a good question. So I'm trying to remember when we talked last. I remember I said Untethered Soul. Sounds familiar. Um, this was about a year ago, but The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck with 
was mm. a really great one. Yeah, yep. I read that one. That was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was good. Untethered Soul. I like that one a lot, too. I did, did read it. Did you that. read it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did that audio, but I read it, you know. That totally counts. I did the same thing mm-hmm. for Soul Lord Night, giving a fuck. It just allows you to get through your book list faster. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, let's see what else. I'm, like, cheating. I don't know if I said Living Your Yoga was one that I may or may not have mentioned last time. That's a really good one of, like, understanding how to take the practice yamas and niyamas, which are um, ethical restraints um as to how to live our life as to how it applies on the mat and then how you can apply it offwards that one's a really good one um i'm trying to think i'm totally like blinking right now i just listened to um the seven spiritual laws of success or seven spiritual laws of success by deepak chopra Hmm. interesting but i was also like in transit for a long time so i feel like i need to listen to that again <laughs> a few times fair enough oh um the book of joy oh so yeah. good just did finished you, that one yeah, so like, did you listen to it yep yep. Yeah, of course same, same. <laughs> yeah um, that was really good though yeah i thought mm-hmm. it was good too and it was one that i had listened to again go ahead i agree um another one joy on demand i know this is your book list not mine but no i think of it into joy on demand uh, i can tell you who it's by here in a second but that was uh, along the same lines. But, no, I really liked the Book of Joy. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. I was like, I just want to hang out with you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's a conversation between the Dalai Lama and Desmond, nice. Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And they just seem like the cutest people. Um, but, yeah, great. Great conversation looking at different theories, um, paths, and then the overlap and focusing more on the overlap and what, binds us versus divides yeah it was good it's basically like kind of two different ways of saying similar thing mm-hmm. my take on it yeah and cool. then they weaved in like a little <laughs> bit of science in there too mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it was that's fun yeah uh it's chade meng tan and i I'll probably just really really butchered it probably we'll but, all link it up yeah that's the one Perfect. it's pretty cool so the dude he was at uh google and so i kind of like i think he was like an engineer or something there or whatever but um like went down this whole route and then was responsible for like training them and everything. And yeah, pretty cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'll put that on the audible. List. You would like it. <laughs> Good stuff. So a new one we had that we didn't ask you is in your world, what would you take that something that is complicated and how would you make it simple? Oh yeah. I said that. You even gave me a heads up about this. <laughs> Not much of a heads up. Uh, <laughs> something complicated. Like, Anything? Anything. The best example I always like to use just to get people going is we talked to a former runner of mine who's very high level and his is his was one foot in front of the other. I like that. That was his hmm. complicated, you know, all this training and everything else, but to make it simple, one foot in front of the other. Can I piggyback that? Yeah, you can do whatever you want with it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, like we were talking about earlier, yoga delves into so many different aspects of who we are physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And at the end of the day, um, our opportunity for change is always and only in the present. And so I'll piggyback off that and just say one moment at a time. Mm. Um, and I shared that I have this vision board in my house that I've had for about a year and a half now. And it says, make each day count. And um, 
every final overtime to say just make each moment count because mm-hmm. that's the only time that we're in full control is in each moment I like it it's yeah. good uh, yeah we just gotta be aware to recognize it mm-hmm. yoga easier mm-hmm. said than done there yes <coughs> always sure. work in progress what else what else what was the last one we talked about so in the first one we asked you if you could go back like five ten oh, years yeah. and tell yourself something what would it be like give yourself some advice well since this is the second time around on the interview if you could go back just to like the first time we talked to you in that span of time what what advice would you give yourself because that was before physical location before my two babies this was like my Mm -hmm. one baby and then my other baby um and i know the answer for that sleep (laughs) (laughs) sleep a lot more than I did. It's a great answer. Right. Yeah. It's like, that's another like cliche that you hear of being a parent and then it's true. <laughs> it's true. So yes, I would say appreciate sleep more cat. Do it. Good sleep. Yep. Sounds good. Cool. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to mention, cover, plug? Um, I just like, yeah, want to thank you guys again for the opportunity to chat. Um, I think it's fantastic to have other individuals or individuals in this community that want to talk about health, wellness, and being open to different perspectives of how you look at one's health and wellness. Um, so keep doing what you're doing and just sharing information and putting it out there. It's awesome. Thanks for being a guest and providing the information to share. And you keep doing your thing, too. (laughs) You're kind of sharing some information, too. So Thanks. And only what I know right now. We may have to do this again in, like, two weeks because I'll learn something (laughs) and be like, scratch everything that I said. I'd be curious to do it after um, you get your course going Mm -hmm. and kind of touch base after it and just see how that evolution went. Like you said, is it going to be kind of a – you've got the base to work for it, but, like, a – plug and play as you go because oh this didn't work as well as i hoped it would but this should work better kind of a deal i'd be curious to hear how that whole process goes you and me both joel yeah (laughs) Yeah. let you know (laughs) yeah definitely an experiment especially the like whole schedule of this program i haven't it's six months and um i haven't seen a lot of programs with it my thought process was to have it give people some time to integrate things because there's like month-long programs yep. where that's a lot to take in yeah and then there's ones that are full year which is what i'm doing right now and one a month goes by that's a long time so within six months i thought that would be a happy medium but we'll see maybe there there's a reason people weren't doing it or you're know. or you're a trailblazer <laughs> yeah. one of the two we'll see. <laughs> one or the other i think the second one but yeah we'll see we'll see cool well, all right thanks cat thanks thank you guys Cheers. Thank you for checking out this episode of Clinically Pressed. Go to clinicallypressed.com for full show notes and links to everything that we covered in this episode. While you're there, you'll have full access to all our episodes, insights, and shorts. You can find Clinically Pressed on YouTube or any podcast outlet that you use. If you could give us a rating, thumbs up, or a review on how we're doing, we would greatly appreciate it and heard it helps out quite a bit. 
To get more free content delivered straight to your inbox, sign up for the Total Athletic Therapy newsletter at TotalAthleticTherapy.com or ClinicallyPress.com. You'll get direct links to all the new Clinically Pressed episodes, reviews on some of the latest research in health and performance, and links to related podcasts and other items meant to help you make the complicated, simple, and optimized performance. Thank you for listening and see you next episode.